All right, well, welcome uh, to The Unpopular Truth, or welcome back, or welcome to, if you've never been here before. My name is Tom, and on this podcast, I discuss spiritual things from a biblical perspective. Uh, Now, I do want to let you know, I am not a pastor, I'm not an elder, I'm not a teacher, uh, so take everything I say, every single thing I say, um, and be like the Bereans and compare it to Scripture and do that with everyone who tells you anything spiritual, not just me. Um, today we're actually going to talk about a couple of things. I'm sorry, I'm trying to get everything situated here. I'm going to actually talk about a couple of things. One is the lie of evolution. Uh, now, if you are a uh, one of the very few Christians who actually believe in evolution uh, as a fact, then this is for you. And if you evangelize, as I do, and you often hear, well, what about evolution? then this is for you as well. And I do want to let you know this is not going to be a deep apologetic approach, uh, but just wanted to get something out there after watching a video on YouTube. I actually shared on my Facebook page. And if you are not familiar with that, I will put it in the... uh, in the show notes below, so be sure and check that out. Also, I have an email. It is unpopular underscore truth at outlook.com. Feel free to email, email me with questions, concerns, uh, criticisms, anything like that. Um, just uh, be warned. I am very busy, but I will get back to you as soon as I possibly can. Anyhow, on the YouTube video that I watched, it was a YouTuber who was going over the longest running evolutionary experiment in the world. And before we get into that, I want to discuss there are two types of evolution, and this is uh, um, pretty much standard. I mean, there is macro evolution, which is the species to species stuff that is dinosaur to chicken and horse to whale and all that nonsense. And secondly, there is going to be micro evolution. And that is something that nobody in their right mind can deny. It is simply uh, growth within a species that that occurs everywhere. For example, Darwin's birds that he said were a fine example of macro evolution. Uh, he was wrong. They are a fine example of micro evolution in that their beaks developed to fit the kind of environment that they lived in as well as the foods that they ate but if you notice the birds were still birds they didn't evolve into a monkey in order to be able to uh, survive they were still birds google describes it like this microevolution happens on a small scale within a single population while macroevolution <laughs> happens on a scale that transcends the boundaries of a single species despite their differences evolution at both of these levels relies on the same established mechanisms of evolutionary change mutation and migration and I do agree that there is mutation within a single species. There's, uh, I'm not sure about migration, but certainly mutations. Um, you know, and, and they may give you a certain advantage in the uh, uh, grand scheme of things. For example, um, you know, if you're a, I don't know, a white bug and you land on black bark, you're more likely to get eaten than the one that was gray or brown or black. But in any case, if you're a bug, you will remain a bug. You will stay a bug for the rest of your life, so on and so forth. Your kids will all be bugs. Your kids' kids will all be bugs, and so on. You will never evolve into anything else because evolution is a lie. Um, Now on to the video. I'll put a link in the show notes below, and I do want you to go and watch it. Feel free to. Uh, What the YouTuber or what the video maker claims 
names as evolution is microevolution. He visits some uh, lab, I think it's in Michigan, if I remember right, and he looks at strains of E. coli. Now, keep in mind, he says this is the longest-running evolutionary experiment in the world. So it's been going on for like 33, 35 years, something like that. And... Um, if you notice, he goes on and he says that the strains of E. coli over all of this time have gone through 750 million generations. That's 750 million generations. Now, I wonder how many generations it was or that the leading scientist thinks that it took for a monkey to become a man. I'll bet it was much less than 750 million generations. But in any case, he uses this as an example for macro evolution. And there's simply no such thing. And if you notice, and what I want you to notice and take away from all of this that I'm saying is that they started out with a strain of E. coli bacteria through all of the generations. Can you guess what it still is to this day after 750 million generations? It is still bacteria. Very good. Um, it did not change into another species. It did not change into an animal or even another kind of bacteria. It is still E. coli bacteria. And it stayed Ebola, E. coli bacteria with very minor differences from the first generations. Uh, for example, it's more immune to certain types of medication and, and so on and so forth. But it is still bacteria. Isn't that interesting? Now, this is what most people call evolution, and, and scientists will, will tout microevolution all day long trying to prove the unprovable macroevolution. There is zero evidence that monkeys turned into man, despite what everybody says is zero evidence. There's no evidence that dinosaurs turned into chickens. Um, it is actually just one of the biggest lies ever perpetrated on mankind. And you're going to say, well, why, Tom? Why would someone do that? Because evolution is a God-hating theory. It says there is no God, so therefore I am just an animal. And I am just an animal, so that means I can't be held responsible for my animalistic instincts, for my sexual perversions, for my fornication, for my hatred, for my fighting, for my jealousy, for all of this stuff, since I am just an animal. And since I'm just an animal, there is no God, there is no heaven, there is no hell, there is no punishment for wrongdoing, and so on and so forth. You see where I'm going with that? However, the Bible says that all of that is sin, and that's something people do not like to hear, that the thing that they love is sin. And they get angry and they get irate, so they try to come up with ideas and, and scenarios where oh, well, this must be true. So they came up with evolution and they liked it, uh, even though it's completely unprovable. Um, so they stuck with it. They said, that must be the answer. Boom. Uh, let's teach that, and teach that in schools. That will help get rid of God all over the place. Um, but like I said, the Bible says that we have all fallen short of the glory of God and we are all guilty of sin and that punishment for sin is death. Uh, what they don't like to hear is that God sent his only son, Jesus, to come to earth to live the life that we couldn't live. All the laws that God gave to man, uh, that God gave and man broke, Jesus kept perfectly. Uh, he was perfect, perfectly obedient to the Father. He was born without sin. He lived without sin, and he died for our sin. He was buried and rose again on the third day, and he commands 
that we repent and put our faith in him in order to be saved. And repent, sim- repent simply means to love what you once hated and to uh, hate what you once loved. In other words, you love God and righteousness and you hate your sin. Uh, putting faith in him essentially means believing everything that he uh, everything that he told you in his word, everything that he says in the Bible, that he uh, is who he said he was, and he did what he said he did and will do, that he uh, was born. Uh, he was a human being. He was 100% God, 100% man. He was in the flesh, and he came, and he lived, and he died, and he rose again. Uh, do you believe that that's what Christ did for you? I hope so, because uh, if you're born again and, and Christ did that for you, that is grace, uh, what Christ did. And that's what I want to talk about next. And there are several meanings of grace. And the meaning uh, I would just referred to can be seen in many, many places in the Bible. Most importantly, or at least most popularly, in my opinion, is going to be Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. And did you hear that? And this not of your own doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. I did a um, a Bible study today, and we were kind of talking about how grace works and how it's grace alone through faith alone and Christ alone, all for the glory of God alone. And it was a a good time, and it just uh, reminded me of that actually quoted uh, many parts from this podcast while we were doing that. But in any case, I want to get back to this. Grace is a beautiful word, and it's a beautiful thing. In the verse I just mentioned, it means unmerited favor, um, and that we did nothing to deserve our salvation. God chose us before the foundations of earth who would be saved, and you see that earlier in Ephesians. Uh, that's before you or I had any chance to do anything good or anything bad. And oddly enough, that kind of jives with a passage from Romans 9. Romans 9 says, and it's Romans nine ten through 13, And not only so, but also when Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they were not yet born and had done neither uh, good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls. Let me repeat that. In order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls. She was told the older will serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob I've loved, but Esau I hated. You see, God chose us, and so many have issues with God doing the choosing, but it's right there in in your Bibles in black and white, and actually in red as well. Uh, As example, in Luke 10.22, all things have been handed over to me. Sorry, all things have been handed over to me by the Father, and no one knows the Son, who the Son is, except the Father, or who the Father is, except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And um, I think that's something we all need to consider. That's something we all need to think about. Because if God saved us before we did anything right, before we did anything wrong, it's not that he looked down the tunnels of time and saw who would choose him. That's just a ridiculous theory. Grace says that we can't earn our way to heaven. And um, we don't deserve it. But because God chose us based on what Christ did, we are all saved. And if God did the choosing, then we are securely saved. And that's a salvation that you cannot lose. But I do want you to think about this. Grace plus anything 
will not get you into heaven. This is something we tried to cover in the Bible study as well. But grace plus works will not get you into heaven. Um, you can't you can't sit there and think, well, God, wow, thanks a lot for all that all that you did back there, you know, in Jerusalem and and, and whatnot. But man, I've done some pretty good stuff too. You might want to take a look at that, or saying, or even thinking. Man, I need to read my Bible today, or I have to go to church, or I need to pray, as if somehow that will score you extra points towards salvation. We should certainly want to do those things and not feel as if they're they're chores that we must complete in order to win some sort of award. Uh, Those are things that, that we should desire to do in order to please God, in order to honor God, because God calls us to be a part of uh, something else, something not worldly. So we should aim to please him beyond all things. I want you to think about it like this. There is, imagine that you're on the edge of a very vast and impassable chasm. Um, and there's literally no way around it for hundreds of thousands of miles. You can't walk around this chasm. You have to go over it. And most people think of it like this. I will build a bridge out towards the other side, and where I cannot build it anymore, God will meet me the rest of the way. And that is grace plus works right there. But that's an absolutely wrong way of looking at it. You're on the other side. Grace says that that I will come to you. I will build a bridge all the way and take you across. The one where you build the bridge, that is... um, as I just said, works. And the more you try to build that bridge, the further away the other side gets. That's relying on your own works. Um, what did the text say? Do you remember Ephesians 2, 8, and 9? says, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God so that no one may boast. That's grace. That's grace alone. Faith is the same way. Christ is the same way. You can't add anything to your faith or rely on anyone else to save you besides Christ. Only Christ can. The saints can't. They're dead. There is no treasury of merit. The Pope is just a man, a sinful man at that, as we all are. If you think about it, Christianity is uniquely exclusive. I can't talk. Christianity is uniquely exclusive, as in there is only one way. Just listen to a great sermon by Phil Johnson, and I will put that link in the uh, show notes below on Solus Christus, which is Christ alone, uh, where he talks about Jesus being the door of the sheepfold, also the watchman, also the shepherd. Jesus is at all these points, and without him, you simply cannot get in. And again, I will link that in the show notes because one sentence certainly doesn't give it justice. It's a fantastic sermon. Jesus said, I am the way. He didn't say, I am the way plus Mary and St. Christopher and, you know, all those other dudes. Um, it's Christ alone. Um, but I, I digress. Uh, incidentally, while we're on the subject of grace, this is a great thing to bring up with your Mormon friends. I had to look this up because I'm not a big uh, a big fan on the Book of Mormon. But uh, the, in Second Nephi, it says something to the effect of, you are saved by grace after all you can do. Do you remember the story I just told? Where if you build a bridge, you the other side just gets further and further away? That's Mormonism. It can not save you. All right. Grace does mean unmerited favor, but also it can mean uh, something like courteous goodwill. And if you're saved by grace, that could be something that um, that we have to season everything with. And this is something that's been uh, on my mind for a while uh, in the discipleship that I'm doing with my pastor. 
Um, that is something that he uh, often says, is that grace needs to see us in everything that we do. Uh, for example, this is Pride Month, and while I've seen, while I do not agree with um, homosexuals, and I don't affirm that lifestyle because it is a sin, um, I've seen so many hateful posts aimed at homosexual in particular. And like I just said, it is a sin, there is no doubt, the Bible makes it more than clear. However, where is the grace that we were shown? Where is the, um, the love? Because we, as the Bible says, we were once as they are, steeped in sin. Where is the grace that shares the true gospel and says in a loving way, um, you know, that, like you'd share with anyone else? Uh, where is the grace that says, I'm sorry, and while I don't affirm your sin as a person created in the image of God, I love you, and would like to share with you some good news, or some great news, actually. Likewise, and this is preaching to myself more or less, when you are, or when people are hateful to you, ignorant to you, especially like at work or um, in evangelism, or when they do nothing at all, uh, for example, at work, how do you react? And I'm going to be honest, this used to me, I, be me. I used to get very mad, stump around like a little five-year-old and cry and be like, oh, why me? Why do I have to do all this? Wham, wham, wham. Uh, but perhaps a little bit of grace would go a long way. You know, hey, Bob. Are you everything okay? Can I help you with anything? You might say, oh, no, Tom, I'm sorry. I had a lot on my mind. I just lost a loved one. Or whatever the case may be, we have to have grace in every single thing that we do because God had grace on us when we certainly did not deserve it. You see, we're called to be set apart from the world, not to look just like the world. And not showing grace and looking out for yourself and no one else, that is very worldly. Uh, basically, to be understanding towards one another. We have no clue what is going on in somebody else's life. You know, even if they're just sitting there doing nothing while you do all the work, while you slave away, even if they ridicule you, show them grace because we were shown grace. Does it make sense? I hope that makes sense. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I know it's been a couple of weeks since I did my last podcast, um, but I wanted you to think back. How did you do on the test? Um, it was about um, a sin. Do you see the sin that we all have? Do you see the sin that you have? Are you sensitive to that sin? And that's something in the Bible study that we're going over. Uh, we're going to be going over that next week. We're going to be going over a few things, actually. We're going to be going over sensitive to sin, obedience to God's word, uh, and a few other things as well. But I want you to consider that. And also another test. Um, another test is obedience to God's word. That's John 2, 3. And it says, by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. So do you desire to obey God's word out of gratitude for all that he's done? If you're truly born again, if you realize the grace that you have been given, the, the massive blessing of being saved, um, do you have that kind of gratitude to be obedient to Scripture, to be obedient to what Jesus says, to what God says? John fourteen fifteen says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And these won't be chores or burdensome things, um, things that you have to do. But God changes your heart and changes your desires, and they become a joy. Um, they will become something that you want to do, something that you get to do. And now, no doubt, someone is going to say, because it happened in the Bible, it's happened everywhere that it's ever been mentioned, well, what commands did Jesus give? And I'm going to give you a hint. It's in your Bible. 
go ahead and read it. And if you don't know where to start, start in Genesis and then go all the way through to Revelation because it's all going to be in there. Uh, but I could quote the Bible. Uh, Matthew twenty two thirty six through 40. Master, which is the greatest commandment of the law or in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Then in twenty two thirty eight he said, This is the first commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. All right, folks, um, that is about all I have for today. Again, a few things. Um, if you have any questions, concerns, criticisms, or show ideas, feel free to email me at unpopular underscore truth at outlook.com, and I will put that um, link in the show notes below. Secondly, this being Pride Month, be in prayer for those who identify as homosexual. Uh, not that God would destroy them as many heretical churches uh, try to get you to pray, but for salvation, release from what they go through on a daily basis, an entrance into the kingdom. Also be in prayer for your pastors, for your elders, and for the church as a whole. I don't need to uh, tell anyone who has their ear to the ground that there is a great attack underway from critical race theory and the social justice movement. It is a worldly, manly idea meant and bent on destroying the gospel and the church. Also, please be in prayer for myself and my, and my family as we start that Bible study that I just talked about. That God would move and change hearts, uh, soften hearts, and open eyes. We'll be starting with the exact same test that we've been doing on this podcast. And the Bible calls us to examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith. And this is a perfect place to start a home Bible study. All right. Any questions, feel free to email me. Sorry, this is a little short. Also, sorry that I was missing a couple weeks. Uh, Work schedule flip-flopped around and um, wasn't able to get anything up there for a couple weeks. But should be back on a regular basis now. Uh, Praise God. I've been praying that work would give me Sundays off. And it looks like um, at least until October, I have that. Uh, Lord willing, it will continue until, uh, until I retire. That would be fantastic. All the praise be to God. All right, thank you very much. God bless. Guys, read your Bible. 